What shall we look at today? This is Phil. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, hang on just a minute. I'm going to put these in so I can hear better. Um, so I was, um, you know, just meditating. <laughs> and... Um, Something dropped in, and I'm not um, sure why. I hadn't been thinking about it. I've been what I have was doing before the meditation was going for a beautiful walk and um, listening to a recording that I made of the uh, um, musings article, May article, and you know just exploring, looking at stress and. So I, this might have triggered this. But anyhow, what dropped in was all of a sudden like, huh, everyone wants to be liked. And then I, then I, because uh, I remembered, some, then it brought into a, a memory. Now, meanwhile, you know, I'm trying to just take that in and then go back to the breathing and all that. Uh, Anyhow, this dropped in that um, I remember a while back, a long time ago actually, um, in some kind of group where um, a question was asked to the facilitator or whoever it was, um, do you do you want to be liked? And uh, she said, well, of course. Who wouldn't want to be liked? And what I saw was from just from that, and this was years ago, but what I didn't see it then, but I saw that, well, of course, and you can add this to a lot of other things, you know, it doesn't have to just be liked. Um, oh, because she said, of course, um, I want to be liked. Um, but it's not what moves me it's not what makes you know mo- motivates me and i saw so how go ahead you can i'll stop there for yeah let, let me see if i'm following so there you were meditating and something dropped in everybody wants to be liked and it also dropped in this exchange in a group you were in where somebody asked the facilitator do you want to be liked and the facilitator responded, of course, but it's not what motivates me. Yes. And mm-hmm. and then what life dropped in, and this all took place in just, you know, seconds, but what dro- life dropped in was that, um, and conditioning uses that against us. Because, you know, when we read email classes, everything, our own experience, it's like... Um, there's an, of course we want to be liked. And conditioning makes that wrong. But the mm. only thing that, that we don't want to go with, I want to be liked, you know, with that conditioned, um, whether it's conditioned or not, um, we don't want to make that the motivating factor of our life. You know, that, that's not what we want to motivate, we want to motivate us with. 
or I want to belong. You know, well, yeah, people, we all like to belong, but that can't be the what motivates us because then it's that's conditioning taking it over. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're seeing a, a difference in the processes. So, of course, I want to be liked. Of course, I want to belong. There's, there's a sense of um, it sounds like acceptance and nothing wrong in that place that you go to in the of course course and then seeing how conditioning takes that over and turns it into both something wrong and something that needs to motivate how we act yeah yeah well it makes it wrong because then it it you know if we're not if obviously we don't pay attention um that will motivate us because we think we're not or whatever. That's where conditioning comes in. And then, I mean, it becomes a whole conditioning thing. So, of course, we're not going to feel well. And we might not even notice any of that. And somehow, I guess the stress article brought that up because I could see that, of course, when we're in those places where trying to belong, trying to be like, trying to um, be good, trying to practice whatever it is um it's of course it's the opposite of what's real and at the same time how it will just it just builds up a lot of stress because number one we're trying so hard and conditioning's making us wrong and it of course it's having us see that it's that we're not and you know it's just it's just really uh um makes it make it becomes such a big deal and probably yes stressful and then here we are in the beginning of it all is yeah of course i'd want to be like of course i want to belong you know mm-hmm. without a yeah. big deal from life <laughs> uh-huh so so there it is in life uh not a big deal it's just that of course and then that big deal in conditioning's world of all of that push-pull of uh, I want to be liked, but I shouldn't. There's something wrong with that, but it, I need to try harder. And as you said, it, none of it's real. It sounds like that realization that it's leaving what's so to try, 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 work hard, work hard, work hard, and at the same time being told that there's something wrong with that. Is that yeah. Kind of it? Mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of it, all right. <laughs> so anyhow, that was... Um, which was interesting because um, right before that dropped in, what conditioning dropped in was you never have any insights. <laughs> you know, like there was something wrong with that. Yeah. Mm. It sounds like that process playing out right there, right? So kind of exactly. <laughs> you never have any insights. And then, you know, whatever. You, so there must be something wrong with you. You know, you're not. If, if it if it kept going, it would say, "Well, you never had any any insights. There must be something wrong with you. You don't practice hard enough. You must be doing something wrong." I mean, it would just keep going, and that's the way it can go with any of this. Uh, uh, what then life dropped in this is, quote insight, you know, um, and um, <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh. If I'm following, Phil, it sounds like, so you, you saw that from awareness that it, it said you never have any insight. And you're able to say, 
where it would have gone if you'd have been seeing through it. So, well, there's something wrong with you. You need to practice hard. And that wasn't where attention went because you saw it come in into awareness. Yes, and when you say that, what I'm thinking or what what I saw was that, um, you know, conditioning really isn't smart. It shouldn't drop those things in while I'm meditating because it's there in plain sight. (laughs) And I'm very happy about that. Um, But, you know, it can get, you know, when we're not paying attention, it can get under the radar and just become like, well, a stressor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, and aware of those those two places, right? So there you are sitting in awareness. This conditioned message comes in and you can see it and you can also see that that happens under the radar and becomes a stressor. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's it, actually. And I'm very grateful and thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Gratitude indeed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Penny, Jen. Penny, and then Jen. Um, I realized the other day that I'm having this really fun um, awareness practice uh, um, in my kitchen. So, uh, sort of, it's it's sort of a mindfulness practice. So we are um, redoing the cabinets in our kitchen. And our house is, uh, is 35 years old, and the cabinets uh, are wood, and they've never had handles and knobs. Um, so the way that you always, we've always opened the cabinets and drawers is you reach for the top of it and swing it open. And after 35 years of that, the wood around it is pretty gouged out, you know, from people's fingernails and things, and they're kind of a mess. And so we've been uh, stripping them down and, and, and fixing them and painting them, and putting on handles, knobs and handles. And it's so much fun because now I realize that uh, every time I get ready to open one of those things, uh, there's this moment of, oh, handle, or oh, knob. And uh, it just feels like such a fun gift to um, be forced to pay attention to something as automatic as opening a drawer or opening a cabinet. Mm-hmm. So really brought here by this change of uh, change in the cabinet. So 35 years of the habit of opening them from the top, and now being woken up by the needing to reach for the handle instead. Yeah, and and uh, it's just fun, you know. It's, it reminds it's like taking off your shoes before you go into a building, and and when, when occasionally I grab the top of something instead, there's, there is as there is with forgetting to take off my shoes, no self-hate, just, oh, right, oh, right, pay attention. And um, it just, it feels like, uh, it, it truly makes me more attentive in that, in that whole space. And also, it, it's a, it also has been a way of um, appreciating, really appreciating uh, the work that went into making that change and appreciating that, um, I'm looking at a cabinet now, and there are these things in it that I need, and they're there for me. And I mean, there's a whole um, level of paying attention that extends from simply get hold of the knob or get hold of the handle instead of the top of the of the cabinet. Uh, it's amazing how it has a kind of exponential effect. 
an exponential effect, a whole level of paying attention that's brought to opening the cabinet. And first of all, that mirror for you, right? That if you reach the top of the cabinet, it mirrors for you that attention isn't here. And it's just, all right, no state, right? And then opening up this whole world of appreciation in that presence of all of the work that went into this and also everything that's in the cabinet that offers you what you need. All that yeah. Abundance. Yeah. And so as, as people have often commented, I mean, that, that exponential effect of paying attention, uh, it's just, it's very, um, it's very clear in this instance. And so that's it, been part of what's been so fun. It's not just that you, that attention is brought to something and there's that moment, but the moment expands and, more things become part of the awareness and part of the appreciation um, than wherever they're before. Mm-hmm. So that exponential process, that it isn't just that moment of paying attention that expands and expands, and you become aware of all sorts of things that you weren't aware of before. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Dan. Hey. Um. I love that. I love those things that are so um, practical in our everyday lives that pay off like that. I resonate with that so much. <laughs> mm. um, but the, I was uh, also really been looking at stress um, in terms of that first conversation was really, really, I saw a lot of things. And one of the things that I've been looking at with it is um, it's kind of a the parallel with that first conversation would be, um, you know, yeah, I really want to be liked. And that realization of, oh, I am liked. I'm completely liked. I'm completely loved. And like you were talking about in that first conversation, not the training to not leave that place to go get liked, which is incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. So the realization that you are liked, you are loved, and the training not to leave that to try and get being liked, to try and get being loved, which is incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just been looking at it. It's, it feels like it's, I'm just seeing it everywhere, the same process. Like, you know, we talk and practice about kind of the space between the thoughts and practicing living there, practicing being there. And as I've been looking at that and practicing with that, and what I'm seeing is that, wow, that's where I, we, I imagine, but that's where I want to live. And what I realize is, um, again, like we always talk about, Conditioned mind capitalizes on that, kind of like in that first conversation, yeah, everyone wants to be liked, and that gets used against us, right? Because then the the belief is, well, I'm not liked, so I have to get liked. And in this case, it's like, so it feels like as a human being, what I long for is to be what I am, to be life, to be, so essentially to live in that space, right? To live in that gap. Okay, great, I want that. So now I'm set up to be given all kinds of bamboozles. Well, the way I can have that is to eat something I really want to eat or to, you know, be in love or to go somewhere beautiful or to be the right person or, you know, all the things that I'm told 
will give me, me the experience that I'm seeking. Mm. Mm. Do you realize that there is a wanting to be as you are, to live in that space between the thoughts, which is love. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you see how conditioned mind capitalizes on that and turns it into wanting that with the message that you're not that and you have to go and get it and, and offers up all of these ways to try and get that. So eating something, going somewhere beautiful, being in love, mm-hmm. all of that doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly, all of that doing, yeah. So I just, um, I really appreciate both the simplicity and the Herculean task, <laughs> of, or I don't know, task maybe isn't right quite yet, but the simplicity of just breaking that addiction to leave what I am, to leave what I truly want, to leave in order to go get it, breaking that addiction. And I guess the reason it feels Herculean is that, um, I mean, you know, it's what we always say, um, it, that's, that's ego's death. And so it, it's desperate to make that feel stressful when actually, you know, it's the world of opposites. Not doing that. You know, it's the the quote that just dropped in was the, um, how does it go? Your hardest work is being separate from God. That's what's hard. That's what's stressful. Mm-hmm. 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 So breaking the addiction to leave what you mm-hmm. are in order to get it. And that feels mm-hmm. Herculean. Right? And it feels Herculean yeah. because ego, it's ego's death. And so yeah. it, it, uh, it becomes an experience of stress because it's ego dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, you know, well, it's such an unfortunate image, the fish on the end of the hook. But, but basically something that's just desperate for its, its survival. And, and that place of just... Um, You know, just what, just relaxing, just let it, do, doing the opposite of what, so instead of um, kind of contracting and trying hard and uh, to just do the complete opposite, just, just let everything go and completely surrender to the process, including the flopping around, including including the moments where where it feels like it's so close to me that it feels like it's happening to me, to just that that ultimate surrender and trust that that's okay to just surrender even to that experience. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an unconditional surrender. So we're relaxing back from that doing and efforting mm-hmm. and surrender even in the places where that fish on the hook, all of that flopping about feels really close to you, feels like what you are. Surrender in that too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just that that growing sense of that has to be an illusion. That has to be an illusion. <laughs> you know, 
that's not it's not my experience that that's that that's how life is that that's what life is um so i don't know there's something deeply deeply reassuring when those two things come together when that sort of the quote hardest experiences come together with that complete i don't know knowing is a word that comes up i don't know what would be a better word there but complete knowing that that's not true that's that's the illusion and that it will wear itself out if I just stay still. Mm-hmm. You find it deeply reassuring when those two places come together, the hardest places, and the realization that it is an illusion and that you just need to stay still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just the last picture that I saw when you said that was, and so often right there in that place, there's this like, oh, yeah, it's not serious. You know, like, and and the sky is blue and the birds are chirping and the, you know, there's sort of a, um, yeah, at the same time that it feels incredibly sacred and uh, big and deep, it's also not serious on some level. Mm. And that's where the laughter bubbles up and you realize on some level it's not serious. It feels sacred and deep and it's also not serious so the sky is blue life is here as it is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm. thanks anna thank you rebecca rebecca mark how's the sound anna can you hear me okay i can hear you yes great um so I'm looking at uh, being aware always where my feet are and uh, just really getting out of the head and being here in this body, in this place, and where the feet are as the best way to kind of ground myself in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, maybe. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Being aware. Yeah, I was just going to reflect that. Really, really grounding yourself, being aware of where the feet are on the ground, out of the head, and into here. Yes, yes. Phew. And that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simple and not easy kind of practice. And, uh, of course, there are all kinds of helps and assists along the way. So, um Yesterday, there was a rattlesnake found on the property, and it was relocated away from us to another part of the the property where we're not. And that was a very good uh, reminder to watch where my feet are, (laughs) a very practical reminder that we want to watch where we're we're stepping. And and I saw throughout the, the rest of the day all, you know, so many of the ways. I mean, this is sort of a big, you know, that's a that's a that's a potential life and death situation. And I saw how ego literally would would just you know want to kill want to kill me. You know, just it doesn't care if I step on a rattlesnake or whatever. It's it's just about getting the attention no matter what. And I got to watch that happen throughout the afternoon in various ways. Mm -hmm. So a very concrete reminder 
that it's life or death being aware of where you put your feet in this practical sense that we live with rattlesnakes and you see how ego would want to kill you and only wants the attention doesn't care whether or not you step on a rattlesnake right right and um so one of the ways was uh was to talk to me about being so careful about not stepping on a rattlesnake now watch watch this you know which Watch that now. See, there's that because I was out working on a on a tra- on a road, you know, on a trail where there, you know, could be. I guess they could be anywhere, but you know. So anyway, it was like getting in a conversation about where I'm where my feet are, instead of actually mm. being where my feet are, you know, or being aware of where my feet are. Mm. Yes, the conversation about being where you about being aware of where your feet are instead of being aware of where your feet are, that abstraction thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then another way I saw toward the end of the day was sending a text and walking while I was sending a text. And it just, you know, I presume it was life. Who else would have said, hey, 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 where are your feet? <laughs> you know, and uh, multitasking is impossible, you know, so I stopped to send the text. You know, so it's like just... Um, you know, we talked about the dangers of texting and driving. Well, texting and walking can be dangerous too. You know, and texting and do, doing anything while we're, you know, multitasking, it can, it can be dangerous. So, you know, was, and, and so there was another one, another way of it could just, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess the thing that's impacting, it's striking me so much is just how much it truly is life or death. And I don't mean like even in a spiritual theoretical, non-physical life or death. I mean, like, literally life and death. It really is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it really being brought home to you that it really is life or death, that it would have you walking along, texting, not being aware of where your feet are. Mm-hmm. And you got prompted to see that mm-hmm. and stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just feeling the prompts all the time, you know, all, really, they're there all the time. Um, of course, um, I'm, my attention is not always there all the time, but it's it's so deeply something gratifying or pleasing or whatever to realize that they're there all the time, and and um, you know, and that's 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 quite simply what I'm training with is to have attention there all the time in that place of awareness where the the life prompts, supports, reminders, guidance, everything is truly there all the time. Mm-hmm. That the prompts are always always here, always prompting. That intelligence is always intelligencing, awareness is always aware and you're training to have attention on that. Yeah, and there's something that's just dropping in now about and 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 really choosing that, you know, really choosing it. Not just a, okay, I wanna, I wanna do this or I wanna wake up in suffering. I wanna, but I, I guess the the distinction is from the heart, from from the heart choosing that. Again and again. Mm-hmm. 
choosing it from the heart again and again, not being in that conversation of, oh, I want to wake up and end suffering. Sounds like the difference that you realize between the conversation about being aware of your feet and being aware of where your feet are. Exactly. It's like the identity can say anything. The karma can say anything. It can say that it, you know, the, the, you know, the, the spiritual identification, quote, all that in quote, you know, can sound, and, and really being able to distinguish the difference between what is an identity, what do we, uh, like a pseudo, like a pseudo Zen thing, and what is truly the heart choosing the heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So training to be able to distinguish between that spiritual identity that will say anything and the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the heart, choosing the heart. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Margaret? Margaret. Hi, Anna and everybody. Um, so this morning, let's see, um, there's just so much is dropping in from the conversation already this morning here on this program. Um, and I, what, what, um, what I was moved by so much this morning before um, meditating was looking at, again, um, and really owning kind of everything on the list um, for this week's looking, for this week's year-long retreat, about how the ego voices tend to express themselves. And, and I... It was so helpful, as it always is, to just keep looking and showing up to do that because it was really clear that um, kind of this thing of <clears throat> of some of these are hidden at times for me, or I don't want I doesn't want to acknowledge um, parts of it like hostility or negativity. Um, And yet, it's there. (laughs) I I could see, I mean, I could could own that as I, that ego tends to, does tend to express itself that way, even if it's just to me. Let me see if I'm with you, Margaret. So you were looking at the list of the ways that the ego voices express themselves in the year-long retreat assignment and recognizing them and also recognizing them, recognizing that sometimes some of them can be hidden, like that hostility and negativity. Mm -hmm. And getting to a place of being able to acknowledge that that goes on, even if it's just ego talking to you in those hostile negative ways. Right, or or even if it's I'm just yelling at the news program, but I don't, and I, I don't, <laughs> I'm yelling at what some some politician has done that that, sh- that shouldn't be happening by myself, but I'm there just 
you know, expressing that. And, um, yeah, and something something really kind of um, just got my attention, just dropped in during meditation about something that I, I, I saw. I was watching um, one of the the um, movies that got nominated for Academy Awards, and it's about a Korean family that that is doing farming. And in this one part of it, the grandmother is with a little boy, and they're at a in a creek, and there's a snake on a a uh, a branch near them, and the little boy starts to throw snakes at it to get it, or snakes throw rocks at it to get it to go away. And the grandmother says to him, um, sort of along the lines of, um, oh, oh, don't, you know, just encourages him not to throw the, the rocks because if he scares the snake away, then he won't be able to see it and he's actually training the snake to hide. Um, and, and so then it would even be more dangerous to him um, if the snake is in hiding and he comes upon it not knowing it's there. Mm-hmm. And I just, I found that just such a lovely expression of um, letting, just letting things be. Um, but also what was, has been shared about awareness and the snake at the, on the, you know, um, the snakes on the property, just, you know, it's, um, I guess I was seeing more in it than just that lovely expression, but also in that um, I don't want to hide from or have hidden away from me kind of the, this, these um, beliefs that lurk in ego or that, that show up because of ego showing up, I guess, that are um, something I don't want to acknowledge or haven't seen or don't want to own that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let me, I don't know if that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like the the scene in the movie really resonated for you in a process way, right? So there's the grandmother encouraging the grandchild not to throw rocks at the snake because if you throw rocks at it, it will hide and you can't see it, and that's more dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and seeing the parallel in your awareness practice that you don't want to push away those ego voices, those ego reactions, because then they become hidden from you. It's like the meditation orientation, right? We're not uh, holding on to anything, not pushing anything away. Sounds like we feel that place. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, and just that that's like the whole point of, of, of what we're doing is we're not trying not to have ego show itself because um, we want to see it. Um, and how it causes us to suffer, <laughs> and and as and the rest of the recitation there. Um, so I just I just 
yeah, I'm just so grateful for um, what we've been keep looking at um, in the year long retreat and and just yeah, paying attention to what and allowing what I guess what's there to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a really powerful realization, right? That you don't want to push ego away and stop ego showing up in the way that it shows up because you want to see it, to be aware of it, so you can drop that and end suffering. Exactly. Yeah, and I I didn't really have much more than that, but I I just love, again, I love the quotes that are in here from, you know, everybody like C.S. Lewis that humility is thinking of yourself less. I just, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. <laughs> it's, it's not thinking, anyway, I, I'm um, just really enjoying the trainings and, and the, um, this practice. And I'm so grateful for everyone sharing their, their part of it, their, their scene. Yeah, really, really grateful to get to practice as as Sangha and hear from everybody about what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Jan? Jan. Yeah, I, I wanted to just look at something that it's, uh, I haven't, it's sort of, it's new. Um, but during meditation, something came up about this, and it's from one of the quotes in our year, this coming week's year-long retreat was about self-consciousness, that when we're self-conscious, we haven't really found home, something to the effect of we don't really know who we are. We haven't found home yet. And what it brought up for me was an incident, something someone had written to me that was very loving, very um, complimentary is the word that's coming to mind. And there was a terrific self-consciousness with that. Like, just didn't want to hear it, didn't want to have to obviously ego (laughs) not wanting to deal with it that you're not supposed to say that it makes me too uncomfortable and what dropped in during meditation this morning because I've been sort of just putting it out to see what there is to see about that and in during meditation it was as though the part that (laughs) that I got to see the part uh subpersonality I guess I can use that has that experience she's just there and it was totally fine that's just what she experiences and it's not me 
and it was just such a, a, a fascinating um, revelation, I guess, in the way that it came up during meditation of certainly nothing wrong and that space, I guess that's what I saw, was the space between <laughs> authentic being and that what I had experienced and where it was I don't know how else to say it, where it seemed to be coming from. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I'm tracking Jan. There's so much there. It sounds like there's the process that you are practicing, which is that as you said, you're just putting it out there to see what you see, that kind of inviting the insights, right? And and then you experience that revelation. And then the, the process of what you are seeing, which is that you've got this communication from somebody that was really complimentary and loving and you noticed the self-consciousness and as you sat with that what you saw is well yes maybe there is this aspect of ego that that uh that is this self-consciousness and an acceptance of that right that there's nothing wrong with that and you've got to see the space between authentic being and whatever self-consciousness was going on yeah, thank you for that reflection because <laughs> what what I what dropped in is and that's home <laughs> that the that the quote refers to that's home to be able to see that um, that's at least that's what I'm saying right now that 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 ability to be in a place to see that that self consciousness or whatever goes on from a place of acceptance, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what happened, or that's what is, or that's what's going on there. That's home. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. presence. Um, that's the place that we're able to, from which we're able to see. I don't know if that's so. That's what's dropping in right now. So what's dropping in right now is that that is home. That being able to see the self-consciousness come up in acceptance, for that to come up into awareness, that that's home. So it sounds like home isn't, you know, idealized as that self-consciousness not coming up. Home is here being able to see it, to see whatever comes up. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it's... um the experience of that, of that acceptance, it's almost as though, <laughs> I mean, my sense of it is I had to go, I had to really experience that discomfort completely, be with it long enough <laughs> to, to see the dramatic, um, I don't know, to see that dramatic difference of, um, and to appreciate it's almost as though I can go the next time there is that level of discomfort, no matter what it is, self-consciousness, whatever it is, it's that much clearer to me now from that experience, just the knowing, that deep-seated knowing that's not me. It may not be clear. Nothing else may be clear, but I can know that and just wait to see what else is going to be revealed, if that makes mm. sense. <laughs> Let me reflect, Jan. So it sounds like n- no shortcuts and nothing wrong, right? That you realize that you, you had to 
go through that discomfort, to stay with it, to be with it, to get to that realization that that's not you, right? And then that deep-seated knowing that that's not you grows and deepens. Yes, yes, it, because it's not that at some level I didn't know that. I mean, I, that's why I wanted to look. I know that's not authentic being, that discomfort. So, yes, it's that growing, <laughs> growing knowing. <laughs> uh, the growth of that, just that, um, of that knowing. I don't know another way to say it. Uh, so I just, I'm just feeling terrifically, <laughs> as always, terrifically grateful for where we're pointed to look. Um, all that we're given to look at in the quotes, in the write-up, and uh, because it always brings things up, and it it uh, that's what we're looking. It's almost like looking under rocks. Um, what you know, what what haven't what hasn't been seen yet? So I had one, and I've seen a lot. There's probably more to see, and I'm just feeling terrifically grateful about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, terrifically grateful. And, you know, you just laid out that process, Janet. So there's a, a quote that sparks something for you, and you practice with it in a way where there's a growing knowing for you, right? It's your direct experience. Yes, the direct mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. This is Ashwini. Ashwini. So um, I was looking at the assignment as well where, uh, you know, how, do you have a sense of how ego shows up in the conversation? And uh, I have a chance to practice it almost daily because there's someone in my life who I speak to every day that uh, is extremely anxious. And it's, it's one of those places where they are always anxious. Right? There, there's no change in uh, the anxiety or even in the content of the anxiety. It's just anxiety. And so mm-hmm. I was looking at how the ego shows up in conversation because I, I'm aware, or, I mean, it dropped in after an interaction where the, my conditioning was triggered as a consequence of facing this on a repeated basis, right? That the way ego shows up often is not just in what it says, but there's a way in which we can, we can catch the ego because of what it is. Mm. Let me see if I'm so, following. Go ahead. Uh, so here you are in this training workshop where you're talking to somebody on a daily basis who's in anxiety, and that doesn't change. The process of anxiety isn't changing. The content of the anxiety isn't changing. And you get to see all that goes on with you in that interaction. And, uh, and, it, and you're able to see ego showing up not just in what it says, but in what it is mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Yes, well, and so I was watching that yesterday, right? Uh, where, so there's an anticipation that it will be anxiety that shows up on the other end, right? Mm-hmm. That it won't be different. Uh, that uh, the, the notion that for that person, their life is, it, they are actually speaking from their experience, 
but my inability to be present to that experience is fresh for them indicates where I'm coming from because sameness and continuity and uh, knowing what's going to be said, knowing what I'm going to confront is all ego because the quality of a lack of presence is all of those things, right? And a comparison to, yeah, it's going to be the same as yesterday, that to recognize so subtly that I'm in that even before, the, before I pick up the phone and answer it is all clues of the ego is already present. So all clues that ego is already present before you even pick up the phone. The clues of anticipating and knowing, knowing what this person is going to say, knowing how it's going to be that there's going to be a sameness. Yes. Yeah, and just because it's anxiety, just because it's their mind that's doing it to them, there's a projection that it's not a present moment experience for the other person. Right? What a projection of ego. (laughs) Yes, so ego projects that the sameness onto the other person. And as you said, that person is speaking from their experience right? The ego projection is that it isn't a present moment experience. Yes. And so then to make it wrong, to to make it something that's problematic, that needs to be fixed, the lack of control that is experienced on this end because the assumption is that I just have to keep showing up and being present to them. And and no matter what I do, no matter what I say, uh, there is no change to that other person, right? all of it is so such an absence of presence because there is the ability to just pick up the phone and be there for whatever it is, that presence would greet everything with presence rather than that, uh, uh, I think Sherry was saying this on the show the other day, where there's no conversation with, there's no, uh, or even in the assignment about the naked heart, so much love that it burns up what exists between the connection between two people, right? So, um, yeah, it was, just, uh, it was just startling to realize what, we, what Jan was talking about, what we don't see, right? That, 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 that even if there's a tremendous amount of willingness to be there every day, what is there? Is there presence or is there ego? And, and oftentimes we don't know how the veil of the ego shows up. Mm-hmm. So seeing what we don't see, that often we don't see how the veil of ego shows up, that there's that tremendous willingness to show up for the call in presence. And there may be this veil of ego, which is that, you know, the ego projecting this sameness and projecting that it needs to make that sameness change, right? So that becomes a problem. It becomes something to fix that the other person is in this process of anxiety when you talk to them. And so that, that place of the naked heart of, of burning away everything that stands in, that, in between that connection between two people. Yeah, yeah, and that the thing that changes is here, right? No, not out there. That, uh, that what can show up is open and flexible and receptive um, for life showing up in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm, that what changes is here, 
that what's here is open and flexible and receptive to whatever's showing up in life. Yes, thanks, Anna. Thank you. Anyone else? Jodine. Jodine. Well, following on the last conversation, um, I've been in touch um, for many years with a part of myself that um, you might say, you know, feels a lot of anxiety. Um, And I've been working on um, a recording to like to help that person. Um, uh, I started I started thinking of it as like helping her out of this place that she gets to. Um, and I'm not sure that's actually what's what's needed, but um, that's what I've been looking at. Mm-hmm. So you've been looking at this uh, experience of anxiety in you and making a recording for her and you're noticing maybe a belief that she needs to be taken out of that and you're just looking at is that so sounds like um exactly yeah um and um yeah and i think that the the um the the movement to to that was was you know looking at so the first thing I did was I interviewed her um, you know what is this experience like for you um, and it's basically a place where um, all all she hears is the voices. Um, it's uh, what we talk about as, as the dark room. Um, and, and she is kind of, um, it's almost like she's stuck there. Um, like you might be stuck in a traffic jam and, and feel like looking at the wreck, you know, as you go by. Mm-hmm. It's like being stuck in a traffic jam and looking at the wreck as you go by, that she's in the dark room and all she hears are the voices. Yes, yes. And, um, uh, and this kind of um, fascination or inability to disconnect from those messages. Mm-hmm. So fascination or inability to disconnect from those messages. Was that the being in the traffic jam going past the wreck? So that's what you're, you're it's kind of watching the wreck, watching the dark room and the inability to move away from it. Is that kind of it? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, like um, uh, almost like uh, I have never seen it in this way before, but almost like you know, say you're you're an adult with a child. Um, you're going by the wreck, and and you want to say to the to the child, let's look over here, and not at let's not look at that wreck, but the the child is like uh, like mesmerized by um, by you know the wreck quote unquote, which basically like you know what the voice is saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a, a process of attention and redirecting the attention, right? So there's that that adult saying, let's look over here, and that, that quality of being mesmerized, looking at the dark room, looking at the voices. Yes, and I think, um, I mean, I guess the question that was coming up for me was, is my role to be there with her through this experience that she's having um, just to be there with her, or is my role to compassionately redirect her attention? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sounds just like, go ahead. Yeah, it sounds like a big exploration that you're in, Jodine, huh? And I would encourage you to call into Open Air and talk to Sherry about it. Oh, brilliant! Yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, using that um, analogy, which I never really saw before t- um, today, um, I feel like, of course, I want to redirect her attention. and I don't want to just be there and say, like, oh, things like this happen and it's, it's you know, it's awful or whatever. You know, I, I don't want to be there in that way. I, I want to say, like... Um, you know, you don't have to watch this scary movie anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to watch this scary movie anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all. <laughs>